your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, today we are going to do a show on human trafficking, prostitution, and their customers. And, uh, you know, I'm going to kick it off with the human trafficking element, which also encompasses enslavement many times for farm workers as farm workers. Um, But, you know, we've all seen television documentaries, you know, human trafficking victims chained, handcuffed, blindfolded. However, most human traffic victims are bound by invisible chains. Basically, they're they're controlled through uh, physical, psychological, and emotional coercion. And that damage is enormous that takes place through that mental coercion. I mean, they many of these traffickers have admitted in several studies that it's easier to uh, catch these children that they enslave uh, basically with honey rather than uh, than vinegar. You know, they um, the victims have been seduced generally into their circumstances, especially with the sex crimes by. Traffickers that pose as adoring suitors, and they've stayed in their situation out of love for their abuser. You know, uh, according to the relationships between human traffickers and their victims, the, the victims are often masqueraded as consensual relationships of love and affection. Also, these relationships are often out in the open, paraded around town right in front of everybody, but no one really recognizes the signs of deception, manipulation, and coercion that is distinguished them from the regular citizen. And, and while some of these pimps utilize forceful methods of, of procuring prostitutes, the most frequently used strategy is actually seduction. Similar to grooming techniques used by child molesters, the use of, of, of professed love and attention in the recruitment process is an easier method of manipulation than force or violence due to the strong emotional bond that they form with the pimp and the, uh, and the prostitute. You know, this emotional attachment to, to that pimp Oftentimes, the prostitute considers to be their boyfriend, uh, and uh, and it leads these people to allow, or or your girlfriend, and it leads these people to allow the offenders to pressure and persuade them into selling their bodies. You know, uh, the seduction process on a victim's values and principles is oftentimes where the manipulation of an exploiter who professes love and attention. It, it totally messes up the victim's sense of decency and morality, and it leads them to their decision to prostitute for them because they look at themselves basically as damaged goods. And, and for for uh, you know, if you look at the the people who uh, who uh, prosecute these cases, these relational dynamics present a very unique and, and uh, challenging uh, thing in court because many times they cannot prosecute the pimp because the abused person will not testify. You know, the pretty woman syndrome is out there, and, and it's a, it, it made prostitution look somewhat glamorous. 
you know, Julia Roberts played a character who's swept off her feet by some, uh, you know, rich uh, uh, Richard Gere, by the way, who played played him, but somebody, a, a guy who buys businesses, and he's very rich, and and she gets wined and dined and made to feel beautiful and special, and so you know, and by the way, the movie ends with with a marriage proposal from him, and. and Basically, it, it paints him out to be a knight in shining armor when he's just a John. And, you know, selling sex as glamorous is not just promoted by Hollywood movies, but the music industry causes its fair share of undue influence by promoting songs, music videos, live performances showing famous rap music stars and their harems in an attempt to make the life of pimps and prostitutes appear alluring. And, and so, you know, how can selling your body for money be glamorous? Well, it is not. Many of the victims will tell you that it's easier once you do it the first time. The whole process involves a, a kind of brainwashing. And so you should uh, see photos law enforcement finds on the cell phones of trafficking victims. You know, the photos of them posing with wads of cash, designer bags, tangible items, that are impressionable, and, and these could be uh, 12 to 14 years old is the average age when they actually enter into the business. You know, so unlike Julia Roberts' character in Pretty Woman, a trafficking victim does not come home at night to a luxurious hotel room and a handsome man, and it can be a boy, by the way. Uh, boys often get prostituted too, and many of them are, feel lucky that they're permitted to sleep on the floor of their pimp's motel room. And so, you know, some are not permitted to come home at all unless they have made their quota, uh, which is basically a designated amount of money. And, and the harsh reality is that for most of these young women, recruitment into the world of sex trafficking does not end with a, bad ma with a marriage proposal. It ends with disease, with violence, physical and emotional abuse, and oftentimes suicide. You know, the reality of human trafficking, it is a worldwide epidemic that can be addressed through education and acknowledgement. But we have to face the truth that it is truly out there. And learning what trafficking is helps us address the, the crime. And it is a crime. You know, and, and uh, even after the horror ends, up to 80% of human trafficking victims face depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And when you think of human trafficking victim, you know, uh, it's not always uh, just uh, uh, the Hollywood version like we talked about. You know, uh, it is a multi-billion dollar criminal enterprise. Human trafficking basically involves recruiting and obtaining an individual under false pretenses, usually under the guise of helping to secure promising work in another country and then forcing individuals to perform services or labor against their will. And once again, the enslavement also can take on just labor, being used as labor. United Nations has estimated that as many as 21 million people around the world are trafficked each year, and it generates an estimated $32 billion. And, and according to the U.S. Department of Justice, 
14,500 to 17,500 people are trafficked annually into the United States, coerced into modern-day servitude, and those numbers may be grossly underestimated as exact figures are difficult to, to obtain because these people are very deceptive. You know, it has a devastating long-term effect on mental health, and there is an urgent need for evidence on the effectiveness of psychological therapy and treatments to support these fo- poor folks. Because when they come into your office, it is a horrible you, – you, you have a wrecking ball of a person right there, and that person has guilt, shame, all kinds of things going on, and they have very little emotional support because most of their emotional support came from their pimp or other prostitutes. And so, you know, once they leave that community, they basically are leaving everything behind, and it can be a very big challenge for them. You know, women are actually most often trafficked for sexual exploitation and domestic servitude, and that's and more than half of those trafficked for domestic servitude were also raped, by the way. And, and while men were almost exclusively trafficked for labor exploitation, most, most often in agriculture, construction, car washing industries, you know, psychologists are often totally ill-equipped to deal with the psychological burden that these folks carry. And uh, the PTSD, the depression, and the anxiety uh, many of these victims struggle to regain their independence years uh, after uh, after they leave it. And so, you know, it's enormously important that if a person leaves this industry that they get help and they get support right away. You know, there's, there's also tactics that these pimps use. And instead of using physical violence or restraints, traffickers, some of whom are women, uh, often use the psychology to enslave. So many of uh, our people are unaware that it is uh, a, a, truly a low-risk, high-reward venture for the traffickers. You know, traffickers use uh, degrading, uh, dehumanizing tactics to keep the victims enslaved. And, and so many of these uh, tactics I'll just break out for you. Number one is dehumanization. You know, from the viewpoint of the traffickers, victims are little more than commodities. So then traffickers, by the way, uh, let's just call them pimps. You know, the, the, these traffickers, these pimps constantly tell victims that they're worthless, insignificant, forgotten. The victims are exposed to high levels of emotional distress influenced by threats fear, and psychological abuse. And so the victims are repeatedly told they have no control of their lives. And they are continually reminded that they're in a a foreign country where they have no papers or passport, no family, no money, and essentially no other options. So these victims are made to believe that they are helpless and cannot survive without the trafficker's help. Now, first of all, we're going to also talk about people that choose to go into prostitution, too, and those are independents, and those are the ones you find in the massage parlors in various places, the, the hotel rooms, the motel rooms uh, out of their own apartments oftentimes. There are uh, lots of prostitutes, especially in the United States, that are that way, and we'll also talk about escorts, which are uh, people that act like dates, basically, uh, with with uh, people, and escorts are also another part of this business. So, you know, the worst case scenario, you know, traffickers torment victims by instilling, and once again, traffickers, pimps, uh, are uh, instilling false fears over worst case scenarios. They tell victims that they'll be thrown out, left homeless if they seek help or try to escape, or worse yet, you know, they might get arrested or thrown in jail, 
And if that happens, how will they ever build a new life in this country? So the worst case scenario is particularly effective tactic because the police and criminal justice system are perceived to be corrupt by many of the victims' home countries. So being in, in, uh, put in jail may be a victim's worst nightmare. Also, dis- distrust of others is another program that, that uh, pimps tell victims uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, will report. They basically say, I'm going to report undocumented immigrants res- in, resulting in an arrest. They uh, ensure that the victims don't speak out to health care providers. You know, traffickers often accompany victims to their clinic appointments, posing as family members and claiming they need to be present in order to translate. Since many of these pimps are from the same country as the victim, the practice may not raise suspicion at the clinic. And, and by the way, that, that first line of defense to find prostitutes and people that are prostitutes is at clinics. And oftentimes it's cash pay clinics because they sure don't have insurance. Um, not, not many. If I'm sure some do <laughs> because they probably start a, a, a business that just basically sits in front of what they're actually doing, and maybe that business does have it. But uh, also, pimps uh, keep a close watch on their victims. They, they will often live near them, regularly dropping by unannounced, and they may constantly remind victims that they're always being watched, even by their co-workers. So many of the victims even live and work within the same confine as the abuser. And, and so this leaves them with very little time alone. Also, Avoiding physical abuse is another uh, emotional tactic that they often use. You know, uh, traffickers often make a, a concerted effort to avoid physical abuse and keep their criminal activity under the radar. So, if the victims are seen by a healthcare provider, then they they will see the signs of physical abuse, and they are required by law to report. So these folks know that. So they use threats after threats. Most of the threats are to call the police. Because the victims are uh, in abusive situations, which escape may actually be very dangerous. So the traffickers know, know that the victims may be terrified of being arrested, and they use this to their advantage by repeatedly assuring victims that the police will not be on their side if they expose their traffickers. And, and in many cases, the passports of victims are confiscated. And the victims are told that they're in this country illegally and reminded of that day after day after day. Also, these traffickers oft- often make threats that if a victim tries to run away or expose their operation, they will call the police and claim that the victim stole from them or committed some sort of crime. And, and uh, oftentimes, these these uh, traffic the 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 victims don't speak the language of the country they're living in. You know, and also they give a hopeful time frame, which is another tactic that pimps use. They keep victims silent by offering them a glimmer of hope. For example, they might offer victims a set of uh, time frame, say 10 or 15 years of servitude, and then they're free. And, and with the end in sight, some of the victims may decide to stay, focusing on just surviving day to day until the promised time frame is up. In many cultures, endurance is seen as a positive characteristic, especially among women. And this belief can translate into women tolerating harsh, abusive situations. And, and when the time is up, 
the traffickers usually invent other debts to be paid by the victim and often inflating the cost of basic living essentials like food, clothing, and many times the actual cost. And so the, the traffickers also may use and tell the victims that they, they work to pay off the, the travel expenses that they incurred to bring them here. And, uh, you know, that's another manipulation that these traffickers use. And they'll threaten to go after their loved ones back at home with violence or pass the victim's uh, substantial tra- trafficking debts over to the family if the victim doesn't comply. And they are – these traffickers are experts in psychological manipulation, which is why many victims don't seek help. Even if the opportunity may arise, unfortunately – These tactics are commonly used by the pimps, the human traffickers, to manipulate and defraud and exploit victims. And we have to become prepared as society to be able to recognize this particular problem and recognize that if you have a partner or a friend or somebody that goes out there and goes with these prostitutes, um, they're encouraging this industry. And it is criminal, and a lot of them have a million reasons not to, and we're going to go into that. But a majority of the adults enter as teenagers. A majority of them that enter into this life are teenagers. And the majority of those prostitutes have had a history of sexual violence, neglect, abuse. And they may often participate – the participation is seen as the last – viable means of survival, the only thing they know how to do to survive because oftentimes they don't end up finishing school, they don't end up taking care of themselves, and they learn how to live day to day. And and when you're 15 years old and destitute and you're unskilled to work and you're too young to claim unemployment benefits, your body is all you have left to sell. And, and uh, you know, there are lots of people that go into, quote, unquote, the system. And the system may be unemployment. The system may be uh, disability. The system may be uh, foster care. And what happens is these kids get lost. They get lost. And so when laws legalize prostitution, as some of the cases in like in Nevada and the Netherlands and other countries, it doesn't help the health of those in the trade. Rather, it leads to an increase in trafficking, especially that of underage girls, and a drop in the age of first entry and an increase in violence against women, not only those in the sex trade, but also against those in the communities surrounding it. It actually is feeding the industry to legalize it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about what prostitution is all about, how the mental illness in prostitution arises, and we're also going to go into the folks that actually visit prostitutes. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856. 
or visit drgbmft.com today. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about human trafficking, prostitution, and the people who uh, use them. You know, um... There is a lot of statistics out there on prostitution, but in the U.S., it has a, uh, a legal structure that of a criminal view of both the buyer and the seller, except in Nevada. The problem with the criminal model of, of prosecution or prostitution is that it, it, under it, illegal activity actually f- flourishes, and the law enforcement and criminal justice system differently punish the seller, which is the prostitute. Over the buyer. Many times the buyers are not getting prosecuted and they walk away or they don't go to court or they just pay a fine. And uh, the, the, the prostitute will oftentimes be the one that gets the criminal record. Now, what about the pimp? Well, the pimp sure as heck isn't going to get the criminal record. They're going to be the one going down to bail them out. And so it's uh, pretty amazing because these, these prostitutes are looked at as a commodity rather than a human being. And so, you know, in the United States, and this is statistics from 2010, in the U.S., um, 62,670 arrests for prostitution, 19,480 were men, 43,190 were women. And now, notice that most of the majority of the women were prostituted. So, these are not people showing up. Uh, These are actually the prostitutes themselves. The 19,480 is the men who use them. And, you know, it's not just men, it's women. Statistically, it's men and women in their 30s and 40s, and oftentimes uh, elderly men or women who are in their retirement or who have uh, been widowed. Um, But oftentimes, they just play. They want to play, and they do great damage because once their partner finds out, guess what happens to the entire family? They all get destroyed. So not only does the person who visits uh, destroy themselves or pass on a disease to their partner, 
or their children or whatever. Uh, but also the pro- they've they've encouraged the industry to grow and grow and grow. You know, uh, it, they call it the world's oldest profession, and it's probably true. Men will just do it, uh, and, and it, they just do it. There are so many that do it, and they 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 walk around as if they're normal people, but you know they're not. And, and it could be anybody, anybody out there that does this. They they have a very quiet little back life, and they do this kind of stuff. You know, let's think about what it means to buy sex. You know, the exchange of money or drugs or a commodity is seen by means of giving consent for a sexual act. And what does it mean to give consent when consent arises because extremely limited choices of survival, money, food, feeding a family, when there is an abuse of power in the form of a pimp or, or abuse, it is threatened or it is force or coercion. That is the criminality of prostitution. Women and girls entering prostitution are most often there because they see it as a pathway to survival or they are there because of the abuse of authority. Uh, and that's usually the pimp. And the presence of a history of child abuse, neglect, trauma, impact the brain and the body. And, and that leads to a distorted views of self and others, avoidance and even uh, cognitive changes. And by the way, oftentimes old prostitutes will turn into pimps. And sometimes even young prostitutes turn into pimps. And women are often pimps. They they do it and they make a business. They start as a prostitute and then they move on into being a pimp. And uh, so if you think it's just men, that's that's a very uh, wrong perception. It's men and women. And, and uh, when you think about it, you know, uh, these folks uh, use money as their power, you know, and that money is what they're all about. And, and when the slaves were uh, freed in the United States, they were may, many times where the freed slave, by the way, didn't want freedom. They thought their lives were better under slavery. And when someone has been victimized or abused or lived as a lesser uh, than another, it, it's very difficult for them to know their own value as an equal. And, and we need to look at the role of money on the intimacy of sexual relationships and see what it does with honesty. You know, most stereotype of prostitutes is that they're all streetwalkers, drug addicted, controlled by pimps, willing to accept a few dollars for their services. But in reality, it, it falls into several categories. Yes, there are the streetwalkers whose lives are awful. However, there's also those women who provide sexual favors in the massage parlors, in the small hotels, out of their own apartments, in motels, at truck stops. You know, at the end of the spectrum, there are those women who are also escorts or professional sex workers, and often they work for themselves, and they charge sums of money that can run into thousands of dollars for a night out, and sometimes their clients are politicians, sports figures, Hollywood movie stars, people that have lots and lots and lots of money and lots of free time to not be observed. And there are many reasons for, for women becoming sex workers and escorts. Some of these women have stated that they're actually attracted by large sums of money that they can earn while they're still young. Others see it as a way to pay for their university education, for their advancement. Most state that they intend to leave the business once they've earned the amount they want or need. And they also see themselves as helping men save their marriages by supplying something they cannot get at home or helping them chase away loneliness when they're on business trips. And at, at the other end of the spectrum of, of prostitution 
are the streetwalkers. And most of them are addicted to drugs. Many were forced into prostitution against their will. Sex trafficking is, is international, multi-billion dollar business, as we talked about. And, and they basically have been kidnapped or enslaved and brought here and then abused. And the girls, uh, as young as 10 years of age, are often snatched from their countries and sold into prostitution way far away from their original home. You know, it's important to avoid uh, generalizing about how women get into prostitution or how men get into prostitution, but studies show that a large number of prostitutes were sexually abused during their childhood. And it is the fact of sex abuse more than anything else that seems to underlie how and why some of these people become prostitutes. These are also, um, you know, the these are, are this is the people that most likely to be addicted to drugs as well as develop or already have serious health problems, not to which, uh, not to least, which is like HIV, AIDS, as well as STDs. But the deal is, if, if you look at this prostitution industry, you know, the sad truth is we also have to look at what fuels it and how it operates. And, um, we have to also look at the motivating factors, believing they're ugly and able to have sex without paying for it. Many have uh, bipolar or mental depression or PTSD, and they cannot function in a job. They simply cannot function. Um, also, wanting sex but without all the emotional involvement is another thing that uh, will make someone go into prostitution or wanting casual sex with no obligation attached. Also, being convinced that their uh, genitalia is too small and that any average woman would laugh at it and reject them. Also, working long, hard hours, leaving no time for dating or romance. These are only a few of the reasons that people go into prostitution, even on a part-time basis. Many of them are weekend workers after they've worked during the week. And, and among the, uh, from, from a different perspective, the major concern about these men is not so much that they pay for the sex and also the women that pay for the sex, but they seem blind to the plight of the victims or the people that they're actually paying for it. And, and so they, you know, they often convince themselves that the prostitution is a choice and that none of the women uh, seem to be exploited. And in some cases they might be right, but a lot depends on where they go, who they see. And it is a mistake to make any assumptions about the person that they're vin uh, visiting. But it, it, let's look at the mental illness in prostitutes. They find their work so difficult and so dangerous that two-thirds suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. Can you imagine they get if they've been visited by somebody, let's say that's an AA or somebody that's an alcoholic or a drug addict, and they don't know that person is, and that person's visited them before, and all of a sudden they show up at 2 a.m., and uh, want to have sex with this person, but they're under the influence, how are they going to protect themselves? Call the police? I mean, that's just not going to happen. They have to protect themselves. And so, you know, the, the, they often get post-traumatic stress disorder because these idiots that, that use them and show up oftentimes are just nasty people. Nasty, nasty people with bad habits, and, uh, and they force themselves on these folks. And, you know, the, the psychological reaction is extremely stressful, uh, and it's, com it's actually commonly associated with war veterans or people who've been involved in serious accidents. And, and these symptoms that they derive from this horrible, horrible industry 
includes depression, anxiety, irritability, insomnia, flashbacks, nightmares. Rape is very common. 62% of prostitutes report being raped. 73% they said they've been assaulted and 68% said they had been threatened with a weapon. And this is from the Department of Justice in the United States. You know, prostitution is an extremely dangerous thing to do and it involves violence, abuse, and fundamentally it affects the women or our child who is prostituted. Another stress is that independents have to advertise and it's illegal. And there are many ongoing police teams and task force in local communities that take place to arrest and drive out prostitutes, pimps, and the people who visit them. You know, um, if you would look at what, from what a prostitute might say, uh, they would justify their own actions by saying monogamy is against most men's biological nature. You know, but nest building, settling down with one primary woman to raise a family is not. You know, he... he he chose them, not the prostitute. But he he might see the prostitute as more fun, vivacious, sexual. But but uh, then he sees someone else as the best candidate for a wife, mother, and life companion. And uh, he takes the wife seriously, but he does not take the prostitute seriously. Also, you know, the, the partnership that the customer has is in his eyes is turned into more of a asexual friendship without benefits. He still wants the benefits of sex, but would rather seek out a willing mistress than rock the boat with his wife, expressing his frustration at their loss of interest in sex and at least sex like it used to be. You know, they're looking for that honeymoon phase of sex. And uh, they also, many of these customers you want to have their cake and eat it too. And so social conditioning has, has enabled their feelings of the man or the woman using a prostitute to have it all, to have entitlement. You know, they, they still love the partner they're with, but they want privilege that dictates that they can play around and get away with it and not be held accountable. Also, um, the people that use prostitutes require uh, – the prostitute requires less maintenance both emotionally and financially. And so, they're, you know, it's not a long-term investment. And, and this is how prostitutes justify themselves in getting into this thing and staying in it as something in which they do. You know, uh, also – they uh, feel that more that, – that their customers feel more comfortable telling the prostitute things that he doesn't have – he or she doesn't have the confidence to admit to their partner. And so they develop an emotional relationship with the prostitute, which actually gets them to raise their rates because now that person is becoming an emotional affair along with a physical affair. And uh, many times they feel that they're providing a service that – you know, men or women can ask the prostitute to perform certain sexual acts that they don't feel comfortable asking normal people or their partner. You know, they also might be uh, indulging in addiction, replacing addiction uh, of, uh, of trying to fight their crave for alcohol or drugs and then move it over into a prostitute. And, and then that becomes an addiction for them. You know, and many of the customers who visit prostitutes get off at the risk. Um, of, of going to the prostitute. It's actually a, an adrenaline effect for them. And that oftentimes is where they get addicted to going to the prostitute because they have the chance to be caught and they have the chance to be arrested. And uh, 
that's an amazing reason, but that is another reason that uh, prostitutes uh, see in their victim in their uh, customers, and they use that to uh, to uh, basically justify their actions. Also, um, some of these folks have what's called a Madonna whore complex, um, and it puts the 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 prostitute in a Madonna category. So he, he doesn't think the mother of his kids in, in the same sexual way that he may have during the early days. So what they do is they'd rather have hot hotel sex with someone who asks very little of them. And then quietly, uh, basically, they look up to that person as uh, they're better rested, they're more romantic, they're more everything. And so they put that prostitute actually up on a pedestal. Or they have a savior complex where they feel good uh, supporting the prostitute financially. That's another reason that people will go. You know, um, it's it's amazing the delusional tricks that people will will uh, play in their head to actually justify the illegal act of visiting a prostitute and the damage, the enormous damage it does to marriage, the enormous damage it does to children, and the enormous damage it can do to someone's reputation who actually visits. Um, prostitutes. And, you know, some of the lies that people actually uh, who pay say to themselves are are amazing. Like they say, I'm not doing any wrong. They they make excuses and do not obey the law. You know, the comments are are often posted on on the internet about people who, who actually go out there and visit prostitutes. They justify their actions by basically creating excuses. You know, or they they uh, are tempted to think that it could turn into a real uh, relationship, and they think they're getting in a real relationship, and and really what they're seeking is instant gratification. You know, there was a survey of uh, 32% of customers arrested for soliciting a prostitute said they bought sex because they didn't have time for a conventional relationship. 28% did not want the responsibilities of a relationship. 18% say they would rather have sex with a prostitute than have conventional relationship with a, with another person. In other words, 78% of the people paying for sex did not want to bother with a real relationship but would rather pay for sex. You know, uh, the unspoken message basically here is that the transaction between the sex worker and the client is about money and control. The client is paying to have sex acts done, which help feed their fantasies, and they get to call the shots, and the sex worker is providing a service to get paid. Okay, some of these folks say that they just do it for the thrill and that they're seeking the thrill. That They may be uh, setting themselves up for a full-blown sex addiction, you know, biologically People who seek intensity and thrill by engaging in sex acts are programming their their brains to seek greater and greater thrills to get the same effect. And and so the engagement of risky behavior leads to more risky behavior. So many of the responders might experience anxiety and withdrawal symptoms if they chose to stop paying for sex. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about what a person could do who is needing to confront or uh, is suspecting that their partner is visiting prostitutes or having an affair. Come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? 
Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about human trafficking, prostitution, and the customers who visit them. And uh, now, right now, we're kind of talking about the excuses that a person tells themselves that actually visits prostitutes. Uh, another thing uh, they might say is that they love them. They think they might be in love with them. And they, they might be, uh, the, they could be acting out basically a fantasy and they believe, start to believe their own fantasy. And they also begin to believe that the person has an emotional attachment to them. But that oftentimes the prostitutes are using emotional attachment as the bait to get a repeat customer. And these people don't realize that, that, that the feelings of love that they may be feeling are certainly not that of the sex worker. That is the addiction that the sex worker, the prostitute, and the pimps, they're all hoping for that. And they throw it out there so that they can elicit those kind of feelings and make the person want to pay more money and do more things. And, and uh, even in real relationships, there's an aspect of, of projecting what you want into the other person. But it makes sense that someone who pays uh, a repeat sex worker could imagine that it's a real relationship with that person. You know, uh, wonder what would happen if you stopped paying. Well, they probably would not be there. You know, um, some people think they, they deserve it. And that's why they go. They, they, they have a sense of entitlement. And they're saying, basically, I want sex a certain way and I deserve to get it. And while we're pro, you know, pre-programmed by design uh, as people to propagate and, and create children uh, similar to animals, we also have the ability to think and feel. And yes, someone can pay for sex and feel monetarily satisfied. However, there are depriving themselves of the joy of true, authentic emotional connection with a real pra- person based on mutuality for the long term. And, and, and so what I'm trying to say is, is that they're depriving themselves of a real relationship. They're just buying a relationship and, with an actor, you know, and, and uh, some don't even, you know, they, they don't understand how to get love and emotional intimacy. But, it, you know, it all begins with a commitment. To being the healthiest person you can. 
and from the inside out. And, and you have to learn to love all aspects of yourself, even the places that hurt and, and feel shameful. You know, healthy sexuality between two people involves vulnerability and safety in the relationship. Both partners are attached to one another physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That is what makes great sex. You know, the model of a relationship mutually benefits both partners, and it takes work and time to develop emotional intimacy. And it also requires delayed gratification. You know, by learning how to be a safe person emotionally with a chosen safe person, you basically develop a more complex, positive response that is stable and suitable over time. And these cravings for this fantasy life no longer have to be necessary. You know, uh, if you suspect, if you suspect your partner may be having an affair or may be with uh, a prostitute, you know, any kind of infidelity, it causes a lot of pain and suffering in a committed relationship. Even, even then, there's almost something horrifying and unclean about paid sex, which is enough to devastate a marriage. You know, there's not even a fig leaf of a special connection, uh, which is often used to excuse the extramarital affair that if they visited a prostitute, they didn't have the emotional connection and therefore it was not a big deal. You know, if, if you're suspecting, follow the money trail. You know, allegations of infidelity are very serious, but before you accuse them of getting paid sex, it's a good idea to ask yourself what concrete proof you have to support your thoughts. So go back in all your partner's actions in the past few months, which raised your suspicion in the first place, and then gather the evidence. You know, check out every credit card statement, especially look for motels, hotels, jewelry, restaurants, which are uh, usual expenses associated with escorts. Also, uh, suspicious expenses could uh, figure out under labels like airport services or mobile assistance or hotel services or massage service. Uh, Also, check out their use of uh, hotel phones to make calls instead of a cell phone. And, you know, if you know they're staying in a hotel, call the hotel and ask the person at the front desk about the telephone activity charges. You know, because oftentimes they don't want to use their cell phone if they're traveling on business. They'll use a hotel phone and use that hotel phone to uh, solicit prostitution. And that's not just he, it's she too. You know, generally prostitutes want money up front to pay, you know. So oftentimes you're going to see a partner withdrawing cash. And it's usually in the range of uh, $30 to $100 or separate purchases at a gas pump or inside a gas station. Uh, Since small dollar amounts might indicate, you know, condom purchases and stuff like that, you have to look at, okay, did they go to a 7-Eleven in some weird place and they buy something for $5 or $10? That could tell you, hey, they might be buying condoms, you know. Um, You know, cash withdrawals, small cash withdrawals is another pattern that oftentimes people that visit prostitutes have. You know, generally, uh, prostitutes give their service in a car or quickly into another customer, it's into people's homes sometimes when the, when the spouse is away, or they do it in the offices. Uh, they do it all kinds of ways. But, you know, you have to go where the money goes if you're looking at where is this person, what is this person doing, and where are they going. You also want to track the timing. You want to watch their schedule very closely since it's uh, usually during the evening hours when men look for prostitutes. So if, if they are repeatedly... Return home late with excuses for a long presentation or after-hours conference at the workplace, it could be a way of masking their uh, 
their little events with prostitutes. And, and in that case, cross-check with another person at your partner's office to know what is going on. And alternatively, you can ask a trusted friend with a car if they would help you follow them, which would be a most direct way to catch them in action. You know, if you also suspect that they're visiting prostitutes, look in the, look at their changes in their sexual behavior. You know, even if hard evidence is difficult to come by, you can make out much by ch- by changes in your partner's sexual behavior. And this can take two forms. Uh, they may be getting um, they may be uh, maybe from the paid sex. They're likely to learn learn new sexual tricks, and then they want to try them out on you. Or, uh, so be on your guard, you know, if, if, if they suddenly come up with new sexual moves into your intimate relationship, that may be something that's surprising. On the other hand, sometimes people that cheat uh, completely go off sex with their partner. They just stop having sex. So if, you're, if your partner shows no interest in intimacy with you, it's also normal to wonder if they are getting sex somewhere else. Also, uh, online porn. Online porn, suspicious computer activity is usually a reliable indicator of a cheating partner. And and if you are suspecting that your partner is getting paid sex, check their computer. You know, look at the browser history and the browser catch. Your, Your search will probably bring up porn sites, escort agencies, escort photos. In fact, these days... There are websites, blogs, message boards, and even entire online communities devoted to prostitutes who call themselves providers and their clients who, uh, who call themselves hobbyists. And they rate each other and give reviews based on price, cleanliness, and uh, honesty and attractiveness. And there are a n- any number of adult dating sites on the internet which are all about sex where many of the members are actually prostitutes looking for clients. And the presence of those links are, might be in your partner's computer. If you suspect, hire a detective. You know, if you want foolproof evidence, that's, uh, that's one of the best ways uh, to, to go on and get a, a detective, if your finance permit that, and hire them to follow and catch by camera. And at the same time, consider what you would like to do with the evidence once you're presented with it. Because if you've already made up your mind about leaving your partner, hand over the evidence promptly to your attorney. On the other hand, if you want to give your marriage another chance, hold on to the evidence and wait for the right moment to come out with it. Also consider if if you'd be able to deal with the emotional consequences of your partner's infidelity once you see proof up front. Um, You also want to act on your knowledge. You know, once the facts are in your hand, realize that it is time to act. This could go two ways. If all the proof of your partner seeing a prostitute is so strong that it cannot be ignored, there's no other option but to ask them about it. However, you need to be very careful to hold on to your temper through all this since nothing will make that person deny the whole thing as promptly as an angry accusation. You know, calmly. If you're going to confront, you need to do it calmly. Uh, and ask them if they've been getting paid sex. Don't question their morality or behavior, but to question the facts and and then deal with all that other crap later. You know, if, if there's a pile of credit card receipts for jewelry you've never seen, ask them about it or point out receipts of a motel bookings. Ask why they should be paying for those. Specific questions about the facts are more likely to elicit a honest answer from your partner rather than pointing your finger at their integrity. And, and once they've admitted 
to cheating on you. Consider what else they have to say. Are they really sorry for the trauma or or in what they are now putting you through? Or are they ready to take genuine steps to mend the bond that theirs have been broken? And I can tell you in my work, I've often seen that where they want to mend the bond. Or if they seem sincerely sorry for the episode of infidelity and they're willing to make amends, you know, you may give the relationship another chance to see how it works out. But on the other hand, if they're if they're a habitual offender, or if you see that despite saying sorry for the affair, they're not ready to bring in any substantial changes in their way you know, consider putting the relationship behind you, you know, it may, because you don't want to end up with a disease, uh, you know, uh, it may also happen that your suspicions about them getting paid sex turn out to be baseless. In that case, what, what may have drove the thought in your mind is it is sure to be a, a coincidence of some deep unease that you're having about the marriage or the partner. So focus on the areas that need work and get down to doing them a, something about it for yourself. And for instance, if you believe that you've been too busy with the kids lately and have not been able to spend time with that partner, plan to devote more time with them and to the marriage. And so that that is the best way. You know, when you're confronting you know, most of us want peace at any price. We want to have no conflict in our life. Unfortunately, it's, the peacekeeping mission is basically more often motivated by fear rather than virtue. You know, co- confrontation is what keeps a relationship together if it is adult confrontation and not child or parent to adult confrontation. You know, uh, Fears and doubts often hound people, and that's why you have to have good, open communication in any relationship. Honesty, trust, that's what keeps a relationship strong. You know, um, we also have to look at, you know, what that partner has also done. If they've seen a prostitute, what else are they doing that's secret? And also, uh, you know, challenge the things that aren't happening in your relationship and wonder, well, where are they getting that need met? You know, the potential answers to any of these uh, questions are often overwhelming, but with uh, personal emotions bouncing from denial to minimization to exaggeration, spouses often become as erratic as those who are out acting out sexually. So despite our fears, we have to push ahead with confronting our partner. You know, confrontation, while painful and intimidating, is the necessary first step towards reconciling the relationship or bringing about personal healing for yourself and that other person. You know, what is your motivation? Look at what your intention is when you're going to confront. And armed with knowledge that your partner is acting out sexually, you have no other reasonable option but to confront. And and the information may be incomplete, but any verifiable evidence of illicit sex is enough. And, and this could include, but it's not limited, to the viewing of pornographic materials, visiting sexually explicit chat rooms, browsing adult bookstores, going to massage parlors, strip clubs, uh, frequenting prostitutes, engaging in voyeurism, exhibitionism, sexual behavior with other people. You know, indecisiveness won't do it. You have got to confront And as you gather the facts and your feelings, build your confrontation around a very peaceful, calm approach, as we said before. You know, our mind is what we want to run the show when we're doing the fact-finding. You know, over time, illicit sex will further damage in a person's beliefs about men, women, marriage, children, sexuality. Risks escalate 
all the time. So if they're doing the prostitution, they're breaking the law. And that means that if they get away with it, there's more risk that they're going to want to take. You know, it, it is, is you have to look at it, that it's just so important that sexuality is very powerful because it alters the brain's chemistry and function. And that influence is extremely powerful when someone feels that they need to visit a prostitute. They look for that. You know, without a doubt, one of the best gifts you can offer your uh, partner if you're going to stay with them is a timely confrontation of that inappropriate sex. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening to I'd love to hear from you. Uh, our next show is actually going to be on oppositional defiant disorder and conduct disorder. So uh, my email is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now remember, a male prostitute's best line is, yeah, baby, I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you all night long. And for those who have a continuous stream of sex partners, you're not a slut. You're like a volunteer prostitute. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.